Hey, Hope family, excited to jump into another week of Hope Dailies with you. Today, we are finishing up the seven letters that Jesus sent to the churches throughout Asia Minor. So we'll be in Revelation 3, 14 to 22, looking at the church to Laodicea. And this is perhaps the most familiar one, as this is where we find the lukewarm Christian uh, trope or where we get that idea from. I think we have probably misunderstood that, at least in popular teaching, but let's read the message first, and then we'll dig into it a bit. So, in verse 14, Jesus says to John, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me, the one who conquers. I will grant him to sit with me on the throne as I conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This is maybe one of the densest letters, because I, I think what Jesus is saying to the church here matters so much and has through lines throughout the book of Revelation and even uh, into the Old Testament. But I think the power that is at play here is that Laodicea is a rich church. Jesus says, you say that you are rich. You have prospered and that you need no help. But I tell you that you are pitiable, you are poor, you are blind, you are naked. That this church feels that because of their financial power, that is apparently unprecedented from the rest of the churches in Asia Minor, that they need no help, that they have arrived, that they are set and settled. But Jesus tells them that it could not be further from the truth. Jesus tells them that they don't have all that they need. They think they need no help, but Jesus has what they really need. So he says to buy from me pure gold, refined by fire, clothes to cover your nakedness, salve to anoint your eyes, to fix their poverty, their nakedness, and their blindness. After giving them the what for, Jesus tells them that he disciplines and reproves those who he loves. And this echo has echoes in Hebrews, but this goes back to the Old Testament, Proverbs chapter 3, where Jesus says, where the proverb says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. And the two verses before that, verses 9 and 10, There it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. So within the context in the proverb, Solomon is talking to his sons about their wealth that they will have to store it well. And if they don't, that they will be disciplined. And here Jesus is saying the same thing to the church in Laodicea. And we saw that he says that they are neither hot nor cold. 
And this has been, I've heard this said many times growing up and probably have even taught it this way, that to be lukewarm is to be, God would rather you be hot or cold. Hot is kind of this imagery. We use it as being on fire for God, being very passionate about Jesus and all of his teachings. And then to be cold is to be far away from God, to not care about his teachings is how we teach it. But I think that doesn't make sense because does Jesus really want us to be cold in that sense, to be turned away from him? I've heard this teaching a couple times now recently, and it makes so much more sense that to be hot or cold is to be different from that which is around you. That if you have a bunch of rocks laying on the ground and you are touching them with your hands, they will all feel the same if they're the same temperature, if they are all lukewarm. But as soon as one feels different, it will be hot or cold. And that we are supposed to be like that. That in our culture, we are to be hot or cold. That we are set apart. That we are to be counter-cultural from the people who are around us. And this really is the message of Revelation. That whether you're looking at what the imagery means or not, that clearly with the mark of the beast, not having it, um, Jesus calls out to, or God calls out to his people, come out of her, come out of Babylon, that there's supposed to be a setting apart, a difference from God's people and the rest of the world. And so here Jesus is saying that with your wealth, you have become lukewarm, that you use your money the same way the rest of the world does, and you are to use it differently. And again, we get the language here to this rich church that the one who conquers will sit with Christ around the throne. Well, what does that mean? That casts an image. We've talked about Romans 12 or Revelation 12, where uh, we are told that those who conquer are those who lose their lives. But in Revelation 20, we see that Jesus is on his throne and John sees the many gathered around the, the saints who have been beheaded. And the reason they were beheaded is because they didn't take the mark of the beast. So they have died, and the reason they died is because they didn't take the mark of the beast. These, Jesus tells the church in Laodicea, will sit with his throne. This is what he's calling them to. So then, the natural question, and we're in Revelation, and we haven't gotten to it yet, but we're here now, is what is this mark of the beast? We're told in Revelation 13 that it is a number, 666, which is which is the number of a man. Scholars have long made the connection between these numbers and Nero, who uh, was not Caesar at the time, necessarily when Revelation was written, but right around the time that Revelation was written, probably a little bit before. We're told in Revelation 13 that what is to be avoided is the worship of the mark of the beast. Without it, you cannot buy or sell. So there is a a temptation to worship this thing. And if you worship this thing, then you are allowed into the economic society that is happening. And if you do not, then you are not able to buy or sell. And I think very simply, what John is talking about is coinage like coins. Think back to the story of Jesus when he's asked why his disciples don't pay taxes or if it's lawful to pay taxes. And he says, who has a coin? Let me see one. And he says, whose image is on this? And they say Caesar. And so Jesus says, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And so the image of Nero, 666, this man's image would have been on the coins. And so to buy and sell, you would need those coins. Now, is money evil? No, but we know that the love of money is the root 
of all evil, as we're told elsewhere in Scripture. And so we are being warned not to worship the beast. The love of money is the root of all evil. Without money, we cannot buy or sell. So I think what John is talking about in Laodicea, in Revelation 13, with the mark of the beast, is this love of money, this worship of money. And I think this message matters to us, should matter to us. Because we are a rich nation. We are the Laodicean church in a lot of ways. I forget the exact statistic, but it's something like 30000 a year gets you into the top 1% of world earners. And even at just $10,000 net value, that everything you own only adds up to $10,000, you are richer than 50% of the world's population. So we are a rich nation, and we could easily be the Laodicean church where we become lukewarm where we start to find comfort, where we start to see our riches as a sign that we are rich, we are settled, that we do not need help, just like the Laodicean church. But just like them, we too can actually be poor, blind, and naked. And so we have to ask ourselves collectively as a church, as the American church, as Hope Christian Fellowship, but also as families and individuals, do we worship money? This can look many different ways. Is the economy the main reason we vote one way or the other? Is our use of money lukewarm? Do we use, store up, save, buy like the rest of the world around us? Or are we hot or cold? Are we countercultural with the way that we use our money? This is something that continues to be a challenge to me that I always struggle with, are we giving enough? Are we doing enough for others? And I think it should be. I don't, I wish it was a hard and fast rule of how much do I give? And that is an appropriate amount. Um, But I'm reminded of this quote by C.S. Lewis, who wrote in Mere Christianity, quote, I do not believe one can settle how much we ought to give. I am afraid the only safe rule is to give more than we can spare. In other words, if our expenditure on comforts, luxuries, amusements, etc. is up to the standard among those with the same income as our own, we are probably giving away too little. If our charities do not at all pinch or hamper us, I should say they are too small. There ought to be things we should like to do and cannot do because our charitable expenditure excludes them. What he's saying is that our use of money should not be lukewarm. It should be hot or cold, that we should be set apart. We should be different from the world around us. That we are in a blessed place in the world, a blessed time in history. And we should use that blessing not to store up for ourselves, not to keep up with those who are making the same as us so that our lives look like them, but we give thanks to God for it. Instead, we should be giving thanks to God and we should be showing our thanks to God by giving away our wealth to the point that we are giving more than we can spare, to the point that we are giving to where it hurts. That is a difficult challenge, but I think that is the challenge that is before us and the church in Laodicea. We would likely never get the mark of the beast, the number 666 tattooed on our arms or our forehead, as the imagery indicates in Revelation. There are Christians who will not even get the vaccine because they believe it to be the mark of the beast. We are quick to avoid that, but are we quick to avoid the worship and the love of money? 
We would never worship, bow down and worship an actual beast, but through our actions, we are bowing down to the God of money. Would it be that we would be hot or cold, but because we are lukewarm, we are at risk of being spit out of the mouth of our Lord?